Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Hey, Corey, how are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. It's been a pretty good week. So yeah, I want. I watched a really good movie last night that I encourage people to watch. Um, Steve, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name. Steve Deese, uh, executive producer of this, and it's called Nefarious, which is about. Uh, a man who is going to be executed for murder and the shrink has to come in and do an assessment and determine whether he is sane or insane. And he tells him that he's a demon and it has incredible messaging in it. And uh, Sean Patrick Flannery was the, you know, the murderer, the demon, the main actor. And he just absolutely killed it. He was brilliant in this. And uh, Jordan Belfi was the, the psychologist in this. So I highly recommend people watch this. There was really good messaging. It's thought provoking uh, and just superb acting. All and right. They have it on different platforms, different streaming platforms. So you'll find it. Yeah. I've never even heard about it. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's, it's good. You'd appreciate it. Cool. All right. Good tip. I'm always looking for something good to watch. It's hard to find. <laughs> it is, actually. That's not yeah. woke. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, we're going to get into some of the woke stuff. But yeah, we have a ton to talk about today. Um, we're going to have a, a conversation about big tech, surveillance, data collection, AI, cyber warfare, all that good stuff. Plus, we're happening on that front. Yep. And also a lot is happening on the trans agenda front. So we got a lot to get into there with targeting kids and states fighting back. Um, there's other stuff we wanted to get into. Oh, so Bill Gates is heading to China and mm -hmm. to talk to President Xi. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. And also we're going to get into some new laws being pushed in all 50 states that would give sweeping powers to governors and state authorities for the next so-called emergency so yeah a lot to chat about i know i don't think we're gonna be able to do it in an hour this will be a record if we can <laughs> we'll try <laughs> i guess we'll get right into it so some really on... really interesting key stuff though i mean some stuff that i don't think many people are aware of and other stuff obviously is cycling the news right now but yeah, yeah, for sure. And this was last week, the first thing up, uh, just on the cyber front. Last week, we got news about Instagram's algorithms pushing child porn and promoting a vast pedophile network. And Instagram was allowing their users to search hashtags like, quote, pedo whore, preteen oh, sex, and pedo bait. And pedophile networks on Instagram were using these hashtags to sell pornographic materials. And wow. this included children harming themselves and bestiality. I mean, just yeah. really sick stuff. They even were arranging meetups via Instagram. I mean, this is insane. Meta claims that they're working on it and oh, sure. that's total bs because this has gone on for so long but um you know clearly shutting oh. down pedophile networks 
isn't a priority for Instagram because they're more interested in censoring COVID vaccine dangers, election interference, shutting that stuff down immediately. But somehow accounts like toddler incest go unnoticed. And that's that's not by accident. Right. Sick. Disgusting. Yep. In fact, uh, Instagram knew about it because the algorithm was sending users a pop-up warning and this pop-up warning whenever they would do a certain search this pop-up warning would say may contain images of child abuse but users were allowed to click on see results anyway unbelievable stunning yeah absolutely stunning i mean we shouldn't be shocked we know big tech is after our kids But this is just the latest development on that front. And um, on that same topic of uh, big tech targeting kids, uh, this week, uh, the Justice Department and the FTC announced a settlement, uh, a $20 million settlement, by the way, on a case against Microsoft for collecting the data of children from their Xbox Live accounts without parental consent. Wow. So Microsoft was collecting personal information on children, including their phone numbers, and was holding on to that information, even if the kids only started an account, but they never actually even completed setting up an account with Xbox Live. And this is all without the parents knowing about it. Good Lord. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, God, everyone needs to just keep keep their kids off of tech altogether. And then like Ted Kaczynski pops in my head and I'm like, Oh yeah, he, he uh, allegedly apparently committed suicide on uh, June 10th. Did you know that? No. Yeah. He was, it was either 81 or 82 years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this $20 million settlement is really, in my opinion, it's a simultaneous slap on the wrist for Microsoft, right? While Mm -hmm. slapping us, the Americans, in the face, because it's really the U.S. government, which is itself, you know, collecting vast amounts of data on all Americans without warrant. And it's using, you know, third parties to do that. And the the U.S. government's really the world's largest consumer of information technology with Microsoft as one of their biggest government contractors. So this is just total deflection on behalf of the U.S. government. Right. Yep. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so we got this report this week about how the U.S. government is collecting vast amounts of data on all Americans without warrant. And it's using third-party big tech companies to do it so they can circumvent the laws that prohibit r- prohibit government from domestic surveillance. Where so, nobody reads the privacy statements and terms and agreements. Mm-hmm. So and this is just signing away all your data. Yep, yep. So this is proven by a newly declassified report from the Office of Director of National Intelligence, which shows that the intelligence community has been buying using a legal loophole to buy uh the just vast swaths of sensitive information uh, on americans from third-party big tech vendors and this information is stuff like uh familial political professional religious and sexual associations and uh, in addition to location of the individuals right so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so this kind of information would obviously give the intelligence community an opportunity to target political enemies of the regime, target Christians, not only them, but their families and their friends, because they're looking at even networks, people you know, your friends, your family. Oh, it's, yeah. it's crazy. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the legal loophole uh, of buying the information from the third parties, it enables them to skirt federal, federal laws on domestic surveillance. And this should come as really no surprise that, you know, the weaponized intelligence agencies are spying on and collecting data on Americans. But it's just stunning to receive confirmation of it through declassified documents. And really the most sickening part about all of this is that they're using taxpayer dollars to buy the data to spy on us. So essentially, we're paying for it. We're paying Mm -hmm. for them to spy on us. Well, we're paying for the entire enslavement system, no matter how you slice it. So, yep, yep. And adding to at least this, some of us are, some of us aren't. Yeah, <laughs> and adding to this whole massive data collection, domestic data collection scheme by the intelligence community. Yet on top of that, AI, artificial intelligence, because now Microsoft and you just mentioned. Uh, they're training artificial intelligence, right? Well, Microsoft is now providing GPT-4 powerful AI tools to government agencies, which uh, through their Microsoft Azure government cloud computing service. And these government agencies include several departments within the Department of Defense. We're talking about the intelligence community. And uh, so they now have powerful AI tools to continue the nefarious activities that they've already been involved in, that we've just proven that they've been involved in. Right. And uh, this is coming. It's going to get interesting. Yeah, it's going to get real interesting um, because this is after ChatGPT's own CEO, Sam Altman, testified before Congress of how AI could go not only wrong, but quite wrong, and especially in the hands of government agencies that have been weaponized, and it could cause serious harm. And I would think that really the most immediate issues on the AI front with the government having these kind of tools uh, would be election interference in the upcoming election, uh, censorship, mass propaganda campaigns. I mean, everything you can imagine. What What do you imagine? Uh-huh. Huh. Oh, lordy. Yeah, they'll use it for all of that. And every government's corrupted. So it's interesting that uh, I believe it's Apple said that none of their employees, they're not allowed to use chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they know. <laughs> because yep. they know. Yeah. And um, one more bit on this whole big tech front, the technology side of things, um, part of our conversation uh, that we got this week um, was 
news. Um, you know, we're just we've just been informed that several U.S. government agencies have been hit with a cyber attack, mm-hmm. and uh, no word yet on who the attacks have been attributed to. Uh, but this comes simultaneously as this supposedly Russian hacker group uh, that consists of Killnet, Anonymous Sudan, and Revel have threatened to take down the entire European banking system by Friday. And this is all over, of course, Europe's and America's support for Ukraine. Now, it's worth noting that Anonymous Sudan took credit for uh, an attack last month on Microsoft Azure, a DDoS attack. And Microsoft Azure, as we were just speaking about, their cloud computing service, they have contracts with, you know, government agencies like the DOD, the intelligence community, so forth. I don't know about you, uh, (laughs) but I'm not buying this story. Uh, no, I, I'm seeing a major psyop, and as soon as I heard this, I just immediately I'm thinking, well, gosh, the timing of everything. So, just some interesting tidbits that pop in my head. First, I think, well, hmm, the European Central Bank is a member of BIS, Bank of International Settlements, which therefore has extended immunities. Uh, back in uh, 2003, George W. Bush also gave the European Central Bank uh, immunities and privileges under our wonderful International Organizations Immunities Act that I've reported on. And also in 2019, Christine Lagarde, former IMF, became uh, the, I don't know what the exact title is, the you know president, I believe it's president of the European Central Bank. And I, you know, we were just reporting last week about the EU now working with the WHO in collaboration on the whole uh, COVID vaccine ID passport, digital certificates, yep. uh, additional digital tools they plan on implementing and everything. And we know that the uh, they've been working on the digital Europe. That's something that they've been working on with the national central banks um, to investigate, you know, creating a central bank digital currency, an electronic equivalent to cash. And it would, uh, of course, complement banknotes and coins, giving people an additional choice about how to pay. Well, those investigations were like a 24-month process, which is set to be... um, concluding in October of this year. And so I just, I just look at all these things and the people tied into all of this and what's going on. And I just feel like this is one big giant psyop in order to push forward with their agendas. Agree. Agree. I want to add to that because it just, to me, looks like this weak psyop by our own intelligence agencies. That's what it looks like to me. Maybe it's to promote fear, to justify more government funding for cybersecurity, more government control, etc. But I want you to listen to this um, statement that Biden made uh, last year, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. 
But uh, look, today my administration has issued new warnings that, based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. As I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential, and it's coming. The federal government is doing its part to get ready. But under U.S. law, as you all remember, the private sector, all of you, largely decides the protections that is, you will or will not take. But yeah, Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. So we know that they, they do these things to swoop in and say, well, we're going to take control and we're going to protect you and we're going to make things safe. And, of course, it's always going to be convenient and to our benefit. But if things move even further into digital and we have hackers, cyber attacks, right? How is that going to make anything safer if they're already able to allegedly hack into all these government agencies and arms? How then are they going to protect any kind of, uh, well, I don't know. What are your here's, thoughts on that? Here's how they're going to try to make the internet no longer anonymous and that would be through digital IDs so you can't access the internet without your digital ID so that we can't have these anonymous hackers right that's the excuse it's anonymous hackers that are um, you know ran doing ransomware attacks right and so now we have to all have digital IDs yeah, to access the internet I agree, but at the same time, that would just be silly because you know any any good hacker can just work around use a VPN, that. <laughs> something, right? Yeah, there's always going to be work around. No, but that's going to be their excuse, right? Because you have right. to understand this is all a psyop, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Right. But, you know, just going back to what Biden said of quote, "It's coming." You know, this reminds yeah. me a lot of what he said prior to the Nord Stream pipeline when when he said the Nord Stream pipeline was going to be stopped just before it was blown up. Right. Right. It also reminds me how when Biden said there's going to be food shortages, not maybe, not sort of. No, there are going to be food shortages. And then we are started seeing all these plants catching fire, food plants or, catching or fire. Or all of the wonderful globalists warning that we're going to have a pandemic. Right, right. And I was just going to bring that up. I mean, Klaus Schwab's been talking for a little while now about how the next thing is going to be a cyber pandemic. And he always, right. <laughs> Dr. Evil's always capable of predicting what the next psyop <laughs> is going to be. Um, right. But uh, I guess my point is, is that I wouldn't put it past our own government to do something mm -hmm. because they have uh, a lot to de deflect from. A lot yeah. has been coming out about Biden's corruption, about taking, you know, $10 million from Ukraine. And, you know, meanwhile, we have the, the financial system collapsing uh, and the military industrial complex has wants more war, wants an excuse to justify more war. And so now all of a sudden we're hearing these threats coming out of Russia and also China. Right. Yeah. So ignore my ignore my computer here. Yeah, we actually have uh Bill Bill Gates is in I believe he's already landed, right? Let's see, you have his Twitter feed. I have the router's article pulled open. Uh so according to three different sources, he's meeting with President Xi. Uh the meeting will mark Xi's first meeting with a foreign private entrepreneur in recent years. The people said the encounter may be a one-on-one -on -one meeting. A third source confirmed they would meet without providing details. 
The sources did not say what the two might discuss. Gates tweeted on Wednesday that he had landed in Beijing for the first time since 2019 and that he would meet with partners who had been working on global health and development challenges with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if you go to his uh, Twitter thread, he also talks about, um, of course, after leaving there, he's going over to Africa because, you know, they've got high food prices and crushing debt and increasing rates of TB and malaria. And so he's got to go swoop in and save the day over there. So he, he states in here, solving problems like climate change, health inequity and food insecurity requires innovation. From developing malaria drugs to investing in climate adaptation, China has a lot of experience in that. We need to unlock that kind of progress for more people around the world. So, wow. yeah, yeah. It, it ties in perfectly if you're looking at the timeline, because here we are talking about Microsoft and how involved they are in this cyber psyop, yep. the cyber pandemic that's supposedly to come. And then Bill Gates simultaneously is heading on over to, of all places, China to meet one-on-one -on -one right. with Xi, right? Mm -hmm. And and not just about really anything with the tech side of stuff, but really more so on mm -hmm. how great China is <laughs> for helping right. with the right. global health. Okay, and this is simultaneously <laughs> yeah. as we're getting new information and, you know, this may not be new to, to us because we've been screaming from the rooftops about it for three years now, but we've got right. like solid confirmation that the original, you know, ground zero was the Wuhan lab, that China was funding it, the military was funding it, they were creating bioweapons out of that lab, and here we have Bill Gates going over to give uh, Xi a pat on the back. And yeah. uh, yes, they're, they're patting each other on the back. See how great we did on this global <laughs> attack on, you know, a bioweapon with a bioweapon. Uh, it's it's absolutely insane that they're doing this out in the open. And, yep. uh, you know, Africa has always been a hot spot. But yes, they are, you know, obviously China's Belt and Road over there in Africa. But they've got oh, yeah. they've got um, labs over there. Uh, that we and the U.S. is backing, uh, that we have no business having over there, and we are creating scenarios for another, um, you know, Wuhan 2.0, so to speak, right? Yep. Yep. These people are Goodness. sick. Yes, they are. Yeah, and they do everything out in the open now. So, gosh, research is getting easier, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're not even making it <laughs> difficult for us. Oh, jeez. I won't even try to hide anything anymore. All right. So no, they can't. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to another big topic that's going on. Of course, all of June, we've been inundated uh, with the LGBTQ, the trans, the pride, the all of it. All of it. Yep. Nonstop. Nonstop. To where Nonstop. Uh, my God, I mean, the military, the White House, the White House throwing the largest uh, Pride Month activities out on the lawn there. And they've got the Pride flags, which holy heck on the whole updated Pride flag. And I know you're working on a, on a piece on all this, too, but we're just going to cover some tidbits today. Uh, but, you know, you look at past events and uh, I don't know that they even hung flags out on veterans day did they 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not keeping track of it, but I will tell you, I mean, it's quite obvious that this symbol for, quote, pride represents so much more yep. than just equality or rights for, you know, LGBTQ, whatever. Right. Um, it, it's a complete subversion of, mm -hmm. uh, of our values. It's a culture war. And... and, and, and it's sexuality, for God's sakes. It's not, um, these are people that did good to help children. These are people that um, set precedent in whatever. They published this book that that helped this country. Whatever, you know, it's, it's for God's sakes, it's about people's sexuality. It's, right. it's just crazy. But, but that's the, just on the surface. I mean, it's really a Trojan horse for so much more. It's oh, a Trojan God, horse yeah. for Marxism and communism and fascism and uh, just completely subverting the government for uh, abusing children, for justifying pedophilia and taking kids right. away, taking right. kids away. Right. And to so, where we've now added people of color to the flag and separate line, the separate rows for uh, trans people and completely inverted the colors um, of the, the chakras of a human being. They basically just inverted it upside down on the flag. It's, 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 it's demonic. It's, I mean, it, I think that, I mean, when you get down and you go through all of the layers and you get to the yeah. bottom of it, the heart of it, the root of it, it, it really is a spiritual war. Yeah. And this really, even whether you're religious or not, I mean, I think that people see that and right. see that this is an attack. Um, and, and it's just really the, the spirit of it is so demonic and evil. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but the good news is we have a lot of good things to share because people have been fighting hard on this front. Yep. From, yep. from legislation across numerous states to um, parents and adults, um, not just on social media, but you know, approaching the schools and public boycotting places and stores, bringing awareness to people, even kids protesting against it. Yep. So it's, we've really, really pushed this fight to the forefront and are making really good headway on this, which is encouraging to see. Agree. Agree. And I think we're, you're going to get into some of that. I'm going to start off with the bad news first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, then, you got the bad news part. Yeah. That then you'll get into some of the good stuff because there has been a lot of pushback. People are absolutely sick of it. And here's why. Because people see that when you give a, an inch, when you give a little, this is mm -hmm. how far they're willing to go. So in yeah. California, the legislature is pushing legislation to take kids away from parents who don't affirm their gender identity. So AB 957, this is a bill to um, for California courts to decide in divorce cases whether or not to take kids away from parents if they don't allow the kids to get harmful gender transition drugs and surgeries and use their pronouns, etc. It's insane. Now, is this strictly in divorce cases? Yes, yes. Okay. But make no mistake, this is just <laughs> the beginning, right? That's, they, inter that's interesting, though, because you're already taking, uh, you know, I would say probably maybe 5% of all divorces are amicable and friendly. So you're taking a very heated situation, you know, situation to begin with. And you're now pinning these adults 
against each other with the child in between and and yeah and just intensifying that situation because that's what they want division anger rage fear that's what it's all about yep yep tons and demoralization of Tons of parents showed up to this hearing that was this week uh, where um, the Senate Judiciary Committee was voting. Uh, they did vote to pass the bill, so it will go on to the Senate floor for a vote. And then if it passes there, it goes to the Assembly for a vote. And if it passes there, then it goes to Newsom to sign. So tons of parents showed up uh, and uh, advocacy groups for parents' rights um, telling them, you know, look, this is this is a horrible, horrible bill. Uh, one parent uh, who was a mother of a trans daughter told her story um, about how, you know, her child was taken away. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. I want to play this. It's only two and a half minutes long. I think it's worth it because I think people really need to see um, yeah. what we're up against and um, what, why we're fighting so hard. Yep, absolutely. Definitely play it. Name is Abigail Martinez. It has been three years and 164 days since I lost my daughter, Yaley. I miss her every single day. Let me tell you how she died. My daughter was murdered by a gender ideology. CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. It was helped by her public school counselor and LGBTQ group rights and another trans-identified girl. My daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive uh, for not affirming her trans-identity. I lost my daughter over a name and a pronouns. Even after, after I, prom I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. My daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body. She had mental health issues. Against my consent, my daughter was given testosterone instead of therapy. The LGBTQ group used her to, pro to raise money for, for them. Look at the poor reject trans boy, they said. Why are there so many transgender in foster care? Because this they take them from their families, tell them to run, then steal them. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, affirm, drug, and remove their healthy body part, or else lose your child. The abuse claim against me was finally dropped, but it was too late. The damage was done. My then, my, by then, my daughter was in a horrible mental and physical pain. My daughter knelt down in front of a train. She was murdered by gender ideology. I beg you, stop pushing gender ideology. I don't want any parent to feel 
what I feel every day. Affirmation is not good for the health, safety, and welfare of any child. Good grief, I should have watched that before you played this. I'm like trying to hold back tears here. That is absolutely horrific. And what a brave mom to come forward and talk about this to try to help other children. Right, right. I mean, she doesn't want this to happen to other children. And tr through this bill, it inevitably will. And, and, and let me let me just tell you, I have a friend who has a child who over the last year lost two friends, 11 years old, to suicide over this gender dysphoria, gender ideology bullshit. So this is, I cannot imagine how many stories like this are out there. Five years ago, we weren't seeing this. They, yeah. they pushed this so hard. It's, it's, mm. I know they've created really an epidemic of a psychological and sociological epidemic of mental illness. And yeah. um, it's, it, they're not helping anything. They're actually creating oh. the problem. They're creating all of it. They're creating all of it. They're creating the confusion intentionally. Yeah, but okay. So let's oh. get into the good stuff because, yeah. because this kind of extremity um, on the California end is mm. really the kind of extremeness that it, that has caused other states to do the opposite, right? Right, absolutely. So in this clip, let's roll this clip. Now, this is a school where kids were refusing to wear colors and uh, some even chanted, that their pronouns are USA. So let's let's roll this clip because the schools were trying to tell them, you know, it's Pride Month and you need to wear these colors. And kids were like, I don't want to be a part of this, you know? Right. And they were trying to require them to do this. So, so the kids are starting to revolt, which is good exactly. to see. This is in California now. I, th I think you it is. What? I'm not positive on that. I'm not All right. sure. We'll have to check. Okay. Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white, and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns, and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's that's offensive to to me who i am straight yeah so so that one's really important because we're now seeing uh kids you know and i would love to hear comments from people on what their children are saying uh about what's transpiring in their schools 
um, what they're buying into, or, or are they seeing a lot of people, a lot of other kids aware of this agenda? Um, you know, I think that would be really interesting to, to see, because I've talked to some kids that are in, in high schools where I'm at, and they're fully aware that this is an agenda being pushed on them and they don't yeah. like it. So, so that's good. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is this ridiculousness um, that we're seeing more and more being pushed where this, uh, I don't even know, Lambda Legal puts out this tweet saying pronouns aren't preferred, they are required. No, they're not. And, and here's, here's the thing. So my name, Corey, which is spelled C-O-R-E-Y, has, is, is a male female name. So my entire life, if my name's on a list and someone goes to read it off or I get uh, a letter in the mail or I get an email, I can't tell you how many times throughout my life I've been referred to as a mister if they've never spoken to me, you know? Right. I've never once been offended. I could give two shits. Yeah. It's understandable. But to require or demand that we all call them by their pronouns, here's the problem with that. If, if a person feels the need to make demands on other people to validate them, then they have their, then that's an issue they really need to deal with themselves. A hundred percent. No one outside of themselves should have to, especially strangers should have to validate them or, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's delusional, but I'll, yeah. I'll you know, I'll, I'll take one step further. It's narcissism. It's just, it's yeah. pure narcissism to think that, you know, well, this is my pronoun and you have to call me that. Um, yeah. And if you don't, you're in trouble and that kind of a thing. It's absolutely egocentric to do that. This is what's being pushed. This right. is what's being pushed by all of my gosh. We have to all buy into your delusion. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. And then they, they, you know, they, when people like the ACLU and government and others are saying they're all against, they're putting through all this legislation all against the LGBTQIXYZ community. No, the legislation is to protect minors from the surgery, surgery, the puberty blocker, trying to claim that a parent is abusing their child. It's, it's all very, uh, or, you know, in women's sports, it's all very uh, trans-related where you're literally physically trying to alter the child's biology, their body, to mutilate them. Right, it's, sterilize it's them. It's not about a gay them. person. It's not about a lesbian. It's that, you know what I mean? But they just lump it all together and make it seem like these massive attacks are happening. Mm -hmm. So so over in uh, Louisiana... This just, this was just a few days ago, like a week ago. Uh, so they passed a ban on transition care. So what it was is they, uh, they voted to make the state the latest to prevent transgender minors from having access to gender transition care, advancing legislation that would ban hormone treatments, puberty blockers, and surgeries. So again, all, you know, you know for young people, this is for children. So then, uh, yeah. They one one thing I want to note about this is that um, in Louisiana, so they have like a super majority in the legislature, 
but they have a Democrat governor, right? Right. So this vote was actually non-vetoable, basically, because they had a supermajority. And, um, you know, even if the governor tries to veto it, it should still pass. Right. It still be effective. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Then Mm -hmm. over in Missouri, we have um, the governor signs bill banning gender affirming care for minors and some adults. So in this case, um, they're banning uh, from accessing puberty blockers, hormones and gender affirming surgeries. Uh, So that bill was signed. And then also uh, beginning August 28th, Missouri healthcare providers won't be able to prescribe those gender affirming treatments for teens and children. Most adults will still have access to transgender healthcare under the law, but Medicaid won't cover it. Uh, also, gender affirming surgeries for inmates and prisoners will be outlawed. And, you know, there's a lot of health insurance companies that uh, cover this. Not only that, there's like a massive list of businesses and it's like a who's who of corrupt when it comes to companies that literally have special plans in place just for the LGBT community or for trans um, to make sure that they get coverage. So Yeah. And then we saw the whole scam through Matt Walsh's expose recently about yeah. how they're just basically rubber stamping people, uh, giving them... Yeah. Uh, gender dysphoria when they clearly don't have it um, so that they can be covered under insurance. It's all a scam. Yeah, it's it's despicable. So then in Florida, of course, DeSantis took it several steps further, um, including banning children, well, the way it's phrased here, I haven't read the actual bill, but banning children from attending drag shows. Now, I know there's a restaurant in Orlando that filed a lawsuit against DeSantis on this because they have a lot of drag shows there and I'm not sure what the status is on that lawsuit but in addition to that it outlaws gender transition surgeries and medications puberty blockers for minors uh it makes it a first degree misdemeanor for physicians and healthcare workers to provide gender affirming medication or conduct these surgeries and gives state courts the ability to obtain a warrant to take physical custody of a child who is being subjected to sex reassignment prescriptions or procedures. Uh, He also signed an expansion of the parental rights and education bill, which prohibits the instruction of sexual orientation and gender identity. The bill initially signed into law in March, 2022, applied to students in third grade and under, but with this expansion, it now applies to those in eighth grade and under. So, and I think that's a key one if any parents out there still have their kids in public schools, because the level of sexuality they're bringing in, you know, I saw an article, I can't think of where this was, and I, and I, I didn't dig into it for its legitimacy, but it was something about like a, a teacher having some child perform oral sex in class, on, and I don't know if it was on, I don't know. I, did, did you see something like that? Yeah, I, and I don't remember the state where it was, but I remember yeah. the story. It was a little girl who was being really ganged up on and forced to commit sex acts like under the desk, inside of class, during class, as the teacher's sitting there, not paying attention with her headphones on. That's insane. Good yeah. God. 
Okay, so so if we move over to the next one, um, just to look at this map. Now, this is from April 16, 2023. If you scroll down to the map there, um, as of April, 10 states had, just in three months, 10 states had already passed laws prohibiting um, various gender-affirming care. And we just mentioned a couple more, and I believe there's even more since then. So, so this is... People are hitting hard on this front and it's really important. And, and, you know, so there's one area of this that, that bugs me <laughs> is I feel like, okay, on one hand, states, government should have no say in our parental rights or how, you know, people are raising their children, unless of course there's abuse and whatnot, but then you get into this and this is like a whole separate ball of wax. This is where we're talking physically um, putting, putting toxins, poisons into the children. Of course they're okay with doing that with jabs um, and mutilating them. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a whole different area, you know? So it's, yeah. Sorry, but wow i don't know why my computer's going bonkers sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i don't know because i and and on this next point i'm going to bring up about this book ban thing it's the same thing it's like on one hand there should be there needs to be a level of protection right mm -hmm. but then um so we don't want them telling us having any laws in place telling us what to do with jabs or vaccines which of course they do mandate that for children in school which i still disagree with um but then on this front we're like please step in and put in laws to protect these children right but to me it doesn't even fall under a healthcare arena it calls it falls under a, a frankenstein um um brainwashing creating serious mental illness and it, it, it's just it's diabolical so uh so i am personally am happy to see this legislation in place 100 percent, 100 percent. every state every red state i should say needs to pass the this kind of legislation i think that in arizona for example they passed it and of course it got shot down by you know the the fake governor there right. so um yeah a lot of battles happening and um you know we just we got to keep on the pressure i think that um i am seeing more momentum um on this front than ever before oh what yeah you, what are your thoughts oh that? yeah this past year everyone's been kicking butt so kudos to everyone for you know i i <laughs> I've just, I'm just laughing at a joke uh, my doctor told me the other day, but um, about um, more, uh, I mean, it's kind of a sick joke in a way. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but I just, it was funny <laughs> because it was a trans related thing having to do with like um, males being in female sports. And I'm like, all right, he gets it. He knows what's going on, you know? So I think, a lot of people, uh, you know what? Let them keep shoving it down everyone's faces. Yeah, I month. think. Let them keep doing it. Because mm -hmm. all it's doing is pissing everyone off and yep. causing people to boycott and causing people to fight harder. Yes, true. Because everyone's seeing right through this. Exactly. 
exactly. I think that that's kind of motivation that we need to get the masses to rise up. Um, right. And so there's an, always going to be an equal and opposite reaction. So the more they force this on us, the more uh, you're going to see pushback. And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So over in Illinois, now here's one we've got on fighting book bans. So this is a first that's been passed, I believe. Um, and this is Prisker just signed a bill into law saying that books, there cannot be book bans in public schools and libraries. So on one hand, you go, well, there really shouldn't be book bans. We don't want censorship. Right. Um, but, then, but then we look at what's happened over the last five years and how much stuff they have. We know they've banned books on across, well, Amazon's taken books down and some bookstores and whatnot. And some stuff they'll say, oh, well, it's racist. We need to take this down or yep. whatever it may be. This is clearly about protecting the um, indoctrination program of the LGBTQ, primarily trans. Yeah, the sexualization of kids. I mean, it's straight up yes. porn in some of the, these books. It's sick. Right. But then you go, well, how much money are we all paying for these public schools? So do we have a right to say, uh, we don't want these books. We're paying for this. And we do not want these books in front of our children's faces. And I think that's a whole different ball of wax than saying no book bans from bookstores. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... So, and of course, Pritzker, you know, I've covered him in my transgender report. He's deeply involved in this whole agenda. So it's oh, not the whole damn Pritzker family. Is oh, I know. Sick. I know. Yeah. So it's no shock to me. Um, it's, but it, it's all these little things, these little ways. How can we keep the agendas going? I mean, of course, Illinois is not a state that's going to, pass anything against uh gender affirming care and puberty blockers and surgeries um that'll probably never happen in illinois but in the meantime now he's setting a precedent here so you wonder how many other states are going to try and take this on but it's it's i we're in my opinion we're winning we're winning this battle um people this isn't even a left-right thing you know i mean we are seeing that it's the red states passing the legislation but guaranteed citizens of blue states all over are not for this. And I'm sure there no, are right. some politicians on the left that are not for this. Oh, so. I know. Yeah. Like it, when I was watching that hearing in California for this bill to take away your kids, if you don't affirm your affirm them, no. I mean, a lot of the people getting up would say I'm a registered Democrat and I vehemently oppose this bill. I mean, I think nice. that this is um, awakening yeah. even people who, uh, you know, had a tendency to be on the left, right? right. And because it, com it comes to the most, most sacred thing to a lot of people, which is the protection of their children. Right. Absolutely. And once they see through this whole agenda, hopefully it will be that much easier for them to spot all the other ones going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One last thing to, um, to cover before we wrap up. And um, this is uh, something to keep an eye on. Um, so the Uniform Law Commission, which is an organization just full of lawyers that pushes for uniform legislation among all 50 states, they're presenting mm. this new set of laws and per 
preparation for the next so-called emergency. Now, <laughs> if people remember, this is actually the same group that I warned about last week who is pushing for legislation in all 50 states to consider central bank digital currencies as legal tender. Okay. So So now what are they pushing? This new piece of legislation they're considering is about giving power to governors and state authorities to act as little mini dictators during the next so-called emergency. So it's called the Model Public Health Emergency Authority Act. And um, so the governor and the state authority mandates. So during COVID, during the COVID PSYOP, like lockdowns, masking, mandates uh, on jabs, vaccine passports, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that resulted in a lot of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And the actual intention of this ULC proposed law is to close the legal path for any kind of lawsuits <laughs> during the next planned emergency. Read what they say here in the second paragraph here. It says wow. this project emerged from the uncertainties in state law that the COVID-19 pandi- p- pandemic made a- acutely apparent. These legal uncertainties contributed to the decision of many individuals, businesses, and some legislatures to file lawsuits challenging the statutory and constitutional authority of governors and other executive officials to respond to the risks posed by the pandemic. Moreover, these same legal uncertainties have resulted in state legislation clawing back core public health powers from governors and executive branch officials. Consequently, governors and health officials and many states may no longer have the legal authority needed to protect the public health adequately adequately during the next emergency. Hmm. So, so this... So what is it they think they can put in place that okay. would block people from being able to sue? The legal framework, which basically would if it passes give them it's basically codifying um these powers these overarching powers during an emergency that cannot be litigated right because it passed by law so the law states that by the executive by executive order the governor can declare a public health emergency uh that lasts 90 days and the governor can renew that repeatedly um, every 90 days without limitation. All right. So basically the 90, 90 days means nothing. They can, without limitation, just declare an emergency. And it also states that they don't have to have all the facts of what the emergency is. It could be like an emerging thing that they don't know anything about. And they could just on a whim declare an emergency without any of the facts. So here's some of the powers that the act is giving the governor. Um, Testing. Okay, so the powers the act seeks to endow governors with are not trivial. They include the ability to issue orders for testing, isolation, quarantine, movement, gathering, evacuation, or relocation of individuals. The suspension of any statute, rule, and regulation if strict compliance would hinder efforts to respond to the public health emergency. 
zoning operation, commandeering use or management of buildings, shelters, facilities, parks, outdoor space, and other physical space, and the management of activities in those places. And if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, it states that the governor may issue any order, any order, to eliminate, reduce, contain, or mitigate an effect of the public health emergency. So it's totally open-ended powers given to the governor should this kind of legislation pass in the state. Good God. Yeah. And quarantine? Wow. I mean, like, this is... Mm. This is why state legislatures are so important. They can't allow this kind of sweeping power to to governors to pass. And so um, next month, the ULC is going to be drafting their final version and voting on it, the Model Public Health Emergency Act. Then it's going to be up to the legislatures in every state as to whether or not they're going to pass this piece of crap or block it. So look out for that because... So heads I mean, up all blue states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Is this, you know, this is the kind of thing I want to run by, like, Chris Ann. <laughs> this just feels a little bit of a stretch. Little bit of a stretch. A, a little? <laughs> a little unconstitutional. And I'm hung up on that word zoning. My wheels are spinning now. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I mean, I could just see a complete rezoning, displacement, um, takeover of homes. Uh, there's a whole lot rolled up into that. A lot. It's very open-ended. Wow. And uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't over an exaggeration to say that governors under these new laws, should they pass in your state, uh, could be, you know, dictators. Um, yeah and even have more protections to do so from lawsuits uh, in the future no giving people no legal path to to dispute it Mm, and people still need to say no i mean if people don't follow the orders what are they going to do what are they going to do take hundreds of thousands millions of people uh and what Bring in, bring in the military and set up tents and quarantine everyone in tents. I mean, it's... it's. Well, that's what they're terrified of. They're, they're terrified of, you know, us realizing there are more of us than there are of them. Yeah. Um, that's why they're terrified of the Second Amendment. Um, and they're attacking fear, it. They're pushing here. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. All right, guys. That about wraps it up. We've covered a lot, so <laughs> can't believe we got through it all. Thanks, guys. For, thanks for sticking around, and please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. No longer on YouTube. Please be sure to subscribe to our other platforms, and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.